Hello and welcome to Dear Hank and John. Or as I like to think of it, hello and welcome to Dear Hank and Flula. Sorry, John, where are you? <laughs> where are you? I don't even know. I don't even know what he's up to. Thank you, Flula, for joining us. Uh, this is a comedy podcast where me and usually my brother John, but today, Flula Borg, uh, answer your questions, give you dubious advice, and bring you all the week's news from both Mars and AFC Wimbledon. Hey, Flula, how you doing? I'm so good, Hank. How are you doing today? I'm great. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast to help answer some people's questions, and I'm sure you're going to be such a wonderful purveyor of dubious advice. Um, I am love the doobies. <laughs> so, uh, ha- Yeah. What what are you up to right now? Where are you? I'm currently in a town. It is called Los Angeles. I'm wearing a small pair of undie pants, <laughs> no socks, and no shirt. Oh, that's not really what I asked, but thank you for letting me know anyway. Of course. Uh, what are you wearing, Hank? I'm wearing a t-shirt and jeans. Like, I am not wearing socks, though. I'm sock-free. So hot. So hot. <laughs> Too hot for podcast. Too hot for podcast. Uh, what kind of underpants are you wearing? I'm wearing the, the kind that is having a, a slit. So if you are needing to use toilets in a fast way, you can just go with that. <laughs> All right. Good. Yeah. Great. Uh, do you, uh, by any chance, have a short poem for us today? I, I have written one just 0.1 seconds ago. Uh, the poem is called Sandwich. Okay. Uh, are you ready? Uh, yes. Here we go. Mmm, look at you, slices. Mmm, look at you, peanuts. I squish you and then I put you on the bread and then I and then I eat you. Delicious. The end. That was great. Sand sandwich. It was beautiful. Thank you for sharing your short poem for us, Flula. Of course, Hank. It's available immediately on a medium. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like that's I feel like that's selling yourself short, Flula. You sh- maybe you should just go straight to like printed page and like sell a pamphlet with just your poetry. That's very smart. I'm uh, emailing and tweeting Simon and Schuster right now. Both of them. Both, both, always both. You have to go double or nothing. You know how they say it? I do. Oh god. So, yeah. Uh well, well, I guess we should probably start answering questions from people. I love that when this happens on the podcast with me and you, not John. Do you have any particular question that's, that stuck out to you that you want to answer? I, I will go in any direction that you are. I You know, like when the man is driving and the man in the other seat, he's he's riding Uzi. I am, you know, I'm riding Uzi. So you, you might select. What I'm hearing, Flula, is that you haven't really, you haven't really read any of the questions. That is accurate, yes. All right. Well, this one is from Amanda, who asks, Dear Hank and Flula, why don't people eat the ends of loaves of bread? What is the need for this discrimination? Oh, I thought I thought that was a good good question for you because you obviously are passionate about sandwiches. I do have passion of sandwich. I have passion of carbohydrates. My answer for Amanda, I will say, is I do not discriminate. I will. I do. Actually, I have something reverse discriminations. I love the ends of the bread because they are symbolizing a beginning and also an ending. And these are the most fun parts of movies, poems, and books, and and sandwiches and diehard movies. <laughs> but, but not of life. No. Uh, the beginning of a life is pretty pretty fun, but the end, not so much. Not very much. You are a baby once more, but with wrinkles. Yes, yes. And then you and then you have to not exist anymore. It's sad. That's a sad time. Do you think a lot about death, Flula? 
I not en- you know not enough. I think if I was thinking more about it, I would be doing many more adventure things. You know, I would not worry so much about groceries or am I properly hydrated? Things like this. <laughs> I think it's important. I think it's very important to keep properly hydrated. Yeah. Uh, but it, yeah, that's that's interesting to hear. I th- I think that often my my other partner on this podcast, John Green, he thinks a little bit too much about death. Oh, uh, what what do you mean? Oh, you know, he's just a a, a worry wart. Ah. Uh, oh, I would imagine if you are thinking about death, you would say, hey, uh, perhaps death is happening. Let me stop my warts and just go with ha- ha- pimples of happiness. That's, uh, ha- yep. Uh-huh. Uh, so I, I also am surprised to hear you say that you feel like you don't go on enough adventures. Yeah, well, I think, you know, it is about blood pressure. And I have measured mine, and it's usual in a healthy range. I think this is uh, terrible. I think you should have high blood pressure all the time because of the adventures that are happening, not because of too much sodium. <laughs> okay. <laughs> do you know what I uh, mean? Yes, I, I think I do. But I, I feel like you lead a very interesting, exciting life. I saw you on Conan recently. Oh, that was very nice. I was uh, That was a fun time. I'm not certain how it occurred. But hey, I loved it. He was very friendly and also a tall man of height. He was, he was tall. Uh, do you feel like you had high blood pressure during your Conan O'Brien experience? I experienced, yes, a slight, a slight uh, conniption or some, some, something where a synapse is firing in the brain in a strange location. Absolute. It was very fun. Okay, good. I, I really enjoyed it. If, if uh, people who are listening haven't watched that, it is very worth, very worth watching. Um, I uh, so Flula, are you a German citizen? Yeah, I am a German citizen, ready for the actions. Do you also have American citizenship? I do not. I'm very jealousy of people. Well, actually, I don't know. Should I have a jealousy of this? Oh, well, you would be able to vote. Mm. But you can't. I I cannot vote, but I do wish I could vote for, okay. for you guys. Yeah. Yes, we would also, I'm sure, appreciate that. So we have another question from Dennis uh, on that. In that uh, vein, uh, who asks, Dear Hank and Flula, I'm an American citizen, and this year will be my first vote ever in an election. You guys have stressed how important it is to vote and research. I'm uh, excited to vote, but I'm unsure how to do proper research. Do I check my congressman's website for their policy ideas? How can I check if the data is unbiased? Can I Snapchat them after watching Always Sunny about immigration reform? Oh, Dennis. Well, Hank, as as uh, you are you are um, you are American man, you are Yankee Doodle Dandy. What what would you say to this? Well, it's not like you don't have elections as well in Germany. Do you vote in German elections? I do, yeah. I mean, well, I can say to Dennis, Dennis, I would not uh, Snapchat always sunny for the immigration reform. I think this would not help with the voting. This would help with adding more data bytes to the internet traffic. But this does not educate you. So I would say maybe don't do that one. So that's my first note. What about you, <laughs> Hank? I I think that it would be good to, like, it would be nice if you could Snapchat to a politician and they would snap you back. And they'd be like, yeah, no, I totally agree with everything you're saying. But I think that, you know, if you if you represent a, a large number of people, it's hard to answer all the snaps that are coming in. True. Um, I uh, so so, yeah, I, th- I think that there are you can both look at the sort of like the policy ideas of your Congress people. And it's not that you like can or cannot trust those things. I think that in in many cases, what you're looking at there is. Uh, you are learning about 
not just what they want, but sort of what their values are and like the direction that they think the country should go in. And if you don't agree with those things, then uh, then you can look at someone else or if you do, uh, but not, or some of them, but not all of them. Uh, and that's how that's going to part of how you get informed. But I think also there's, you know, not just in terms of candidates, there are always things on your ballot that might throw you for a little bit of a loop. Um, whether they're like, you know, like local initiatives that are like, we always have somebody who's trying to do a, a tax levy, like they're going to increase taxes for, for 10 years by some small amount. And we're, they're going to take that money and they're going to make the schools better. And, uh, but you have to vote for those things and you have to decide whether or not you're one of those people who's like, yes, I will pay a little bit extra money for schools or no, I think people should be less smart and educated. Uh, Ooh, you have that, to pick. You have to yeah. pick which one of those people you want to be. Uh, so I don't know. That's up to you. And <laughs> Good. Uh, but yeah, I I I find that you know, in indeed trusting uh, a politician's policy statements does make sense. Um, it's not going to tell you like what kind of person they are. It's not going to necessarily outline like this person is definitely not going to be a jerk, but. It uh, it will tell you if they like what they want to represent in and and do in the government aligns with your values, um, dude. That, that... And, and unfortunately, you cannot run out and uh, you know not always. Sometimes you can uh, for local elections. You can sometimes even like go to talk to those people, like go to events and ask them questions and see get a feel for them. But um, you know, you definitely don't have to do that. Uh, I I think that a, about an hour's worth of research with a sample ballot will tell you, uh, you know, tell you what you want and and how to vote. Wow, that was very great. Like, I feel very prepared now to do all the things. Well, good. Um, I'm sure that Germany needs your vote. I know that there are a great many things uh, of of interest and import happening in Germany right now. Yeah, it's a crazy place. We do not have two parties that are doing uh, sassy things. We have many many parties, which is nice. These are not parties with hats and salads but you know like political parties we also have salad parties as well but we have many more <laughs> than you guys at the moment yeah but you are having some new parties libertarian not new but they are they are making some noises the libertarians mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. the the greens are doing some things still that's kind of cool yeah yeah i it's very difficult uh in the way that our voting works for other parties to take up substantial portion of the vote because Uh, they're just not going to actually win, uh, at least not at a national level. So uh, anytime you vote for a third party, you are uh, you are taking votes. You are kind of, in effect, taking votes away from from the person who is going to put who has the higher chance of winning, who you maybe don't feel great about, but you feel better about than the other person and thus the quandary. Um But yeah, it's it's a definitely in this year where where there are two you know fairly unpopular candidates at, at the top of the at the top of the the, the two main parties. Uh, yeah, it looks like Gary Johnson's going to do pretty well for a third party candidate, which has happened before in the history of of America. But yeah, um, not not recently. I'm excited. I am not excited. I dislike this election a lot, and I want it to be over. Yeah, me as well. I mean, I'm just a man hanging out, but I am very confused that it is happening like this. It's a very strange situation that <laughs> we are observing as Europeans. We don't really know how this has happened. It's like a movie that gets a sequel, and then there are still 12 more sequels, and you're like, but why are the sequels coming? And then they are still here, and this is so confusing so who knows i'm excited for it to be done and you know 
Yes. Fingers crossed very hard. <laughs> do you uh do, give you you ask a question? Okay, how listen. Oh, these are some nice ones here. Um oh, Riley. Here's Riley. Dear Hank and John, nope, dear Hank and Flula, when you were discussing the software update for the Mars rover and its potential sentience, that got me wondering, <laughs> would it be possible for someone to hack into a rover on another planet? I don't know why anyone would want to do that, but now I'm just curious if it is possible. Thank you for entertaining <laughs> this ridiculous question. I love the podcast. Hank, you are a sassy muffin of studs. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, bubbles. Riley. That's very kind. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, y- yes, yes. It is possible to hack. I would, I would say that it's like it's possible to hack anything. But you can send like NASA sends not just like messages to tell the rover what to do, but it sends like firmware upgrades and software upgrades. Like it will send an entire new operating system to the rover, have it turn off and reboot with a new operating system. So you could basically do whatever you want if you could get, uh, figure out how NASA sends the signals, uh, both practically, like physically, which is I'm, I'm sure a very large antenna with a huge amount of energy behind it because it has to send all the way to Mars. So you would have to build one of those or hack into NASA's. Um, and then you would have to sort of like like look at ha- the, the messages that NASA sends and either know how the software works because you work at NASA or sort of reverse engineer what uh, like what protocols they're using and what programming languages they're using. Um, I'm sure that like you like it's public knowledge what what operating system it's based on and what uh what what programming language they use but i don't know if it's if it's like the protocols probably aren't public knowledge so you, it would be a lot of work and you would be able to maybe hack into a mars rover and tell it to do something but please don't um don't do it cuz they know what they're doing it's a pretty expensive thing and that would be mean uh i i would think that if anybody did hack into the mars rover it would ha- have to be like state state sponsored kind of like terrorism thing like you have to be like North Korea doing it. Yeah, yeah. It or perhaps just not even sponsored terrorists, just sponsored ru- rudeness. You know, it's <laughs> yeah, it's really terrorist. It right. could be rude, but I will tell you, Riley. I've Google searched, and the Mars rover runs on Windows ninety eight. So uh, just so you know, and so that's very exciting. Yes, good. Uh, I I I would have assumed maybe Ubuntu, but uh, oh. Like Linux, some kind of Linux. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Red Hat, Red Hat. <laughs> All right. We got another question. Woo. Do you want to hear it? Uh, so bad, so bad. Here's another question. It's from Elijah, who asks, oh. Dear Hank and John, what is the function of the holes in Cheez-Its? And most, most other crackers, for that matter, other than to rob me of cheesy substance that is rightfully mine. Oof. So you're saying that, like, they make the hole and they're like, ha ha. Elijah's not going to get this bit of cheese. It no. Nope. I I must tell Eli. I know why this is, Hank. May I? May I? Do yes, you? Yes. Yes. Um, okay. Okay. So, do you know, like, if you are in a saran wrap bag uh, and pretending that you are, let us say, you are a piece of chocolate, and it is just no air is in the bag. Okay. Okay. Can you can you smell what is what is happening? Can you smell this this chocolate? Can if you? The, am I the chocolate? No, you are a human who's looking at the chocolate. Okay, so there's a chocolate in a saran wrap bag, no holes. No holes, and very tight. No oxygen is inside. Okay, got it. Can you can you smell this chocolate? No. Can you no. enjoy the chocolate in a tasty way? 
Not unless I cut open the saran wrap. Haha, to enter the oxygen, which helps to make smells and tastes. And these are the holes purposes. The holes in the, in the cracker are letting the oxygen touch the cheese and massage it in science ways. <laughs> so when you put it in your mouth, then you can taste it more delicious. If it was no holes, there would be no flavor, Elijah. You know, and that's why the, it's, that's the science. Um, I, I disagree. I disagree with you. Oh, well, science is malleable. So, <laughs> I, 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 I think I have another suggestion. Okay. That if you uh, if you bake a cracker, yeah, uh, which is just sort of like a piece of bread, right? Mm. If you throw it in there, yeah. it's gonna like puff up and get like so. Like think about a goldfish. Yeah. Like a goldfish is a cracker with no no uh, with no holes in it. It's just cut into a goldfish shape. Yeah. No gills and as well. Yeah. No, but it like it's sort of like puffed up, right? Mm. So I think like a, with a cheese it or a saltine, like you see where the dot is is sort of flat, and then it puffs up around that. But if the dot wasn't there, then it'd just be puffing up all around, and it would be like a like a like a weird a weird sphere thing. Uh, instead of like a flat cracker thing, so they poke the holes in so that the steam can escape when it while it's baking, so it doesn't puff it up into one of the, into like a puff pastry with a big big bunch of air in the middle. Ah, that's just, that's my thought as okay. to why they put holes in cheese its But I like oxygen massages. Have yeah. you ever had an oxygen massage? I have one every day. It is why I am eighty four percent nudity right now. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> feeling the oxygens massaging my epidermis. It's good. It's good. So like any nearby thing that likes Flula the way that Flula likes chocolate can smell Ooh, you. Ooh, welcome to me, odors. Do you uh, do you ever fear that you will be eaten by a bear? I only fear this if I'm in a forest and it is very dark and I am covered in chocolate. And that happens how often? Zero times in my life. How about you, Hank? Also zero times in my life. But the way that you said it, it made me think maybe it was like it was like another version of an oxygen massage for you. Chocolate massage. Oh, no, no. Oh, it's a dream. I have a dream. This is a, like every month or maybe two months, I have a chocolate bear forest dream. I thought that it was a dream, uh, like not like a like what happens at night, but the, like your aspirations for the future. Um, uh, oh, like a goal. Yeah. Like my, my, vision, my vision board. Yeah, it was on my vision board, which was a cartoon uh, rendering of my body uh, covered in white chocolate and then a beer. Oh, white chocolate. White chocolate, of course, white chocolate, which really is not real chocolate, which is why the the bears don't care. I mean, because they're they're rational beings and they understand the way that everyone else does, that white chocolate is just a a dangerous lie. I agree. Oh, hey, I just remembered the real reason of cheesy, cheesy cracker holes. Oh, yeah? Necklaces. Necklaces, necklaces. What is the plural of necklaces? Yes, I think it's necklaces. Necklaces is the yep. reason. So there we, there you go, Elijah. <laughs> Are we still on Elijah, or have we moved on? I will never move on from Elijah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, I okay. Good. Do you have? I think we should though. Okay, let's move. Okay, bye bye. Uh, but but if. If anybody out there wants to send us pictures of you wearing a Cheez-It necklace, we will look at them and maybe even put them on our Patreon page. Oh, all the Patreons will enjoy this picture. I will. I will. And then afterward, you can just eat it. You can walk around all day with your Cheez-It necklace and Mm, nibble, nibble, and always have a snack with you. I think it's a great idea. Portable jewelry snacks. (laughs) 
this is a market niche Hank it's a market niche alright hit us with another question Flula great Grace writes dear Hank and Flula yeah hello I was recently staying in a hotel and after a long day of sightseeing, I went down to the hotel pool and also hot tub. I got into the hot tub. But then five minutes later, a large family with many small children entered the premises. This very much stressed me out. My question is, what is the proper hotel hot tub etiquette? <laughs> I really just want to relax in peace and quiet. But when is it acceptable to get up and leave if someone is joining you? I don't want to offend. Please help me. Help me very much, Grace. <laughs> so I assume that this whole family came and joined in the hot tub, or were they just around? I imagine it was like the toes and calves and pelvises of a large family, like okay. many humans, in the in the tub. Well, I th- I, Grace, I think that you, there's two options here, uh, or I guess three. One is to just sit silently and uh, stay in the hot tub and not interact with your new friends. Two is to just leave, which is also completely acceptable. Three is to engage your new friends in conversation and be like, hey, we are enjoying a hot tub together. Uh, I feel like option one is very weird, uh, but I think option two or three are both fine. You can, you know, like like if they enter, they don't know how long you've been in the hot tub. Maybe you've been in the hot tub for an an amount of time that is dangerous. So you must leave the hot tub uh, whether or not they had arrived. So they're not going to feel offended if you're like, oh, I've finished my hot tub time and you move along. Uh, and, And I imagine they also won't feel offended if you're like, hey, where are you guys from? I'm visiting from Alberta and uh, hot tub. Do you often come to hot tubs but i i do think that like you can't sort of like stake claim on a hot tub at a hotel and be like i was here first so get your calves and pelvises out of this hot tub family of many people you cannot do it i will tell to you hank my strategy i i stare at the toes of the people walking and if the toes are looking clean i shall stay in the pool uh, <laughs> if the toes are looking funky i shall make a pretend of a phone call that i have just received uh, in my head or also i or in the sky and i will pretend someone is calling me and i will just run and scream what what, what has happened on the phone that makes you run and scream I say, oh, is it is it true? Oh, no. And then I leave. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then I apologize to those guys. So sorry. So sorry, large family. BRB. But then I'm never RB. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. I think that's, a, I think that's a great plan. Uh, and I, I don't know that it's necessary, but I think that the checking out of the toes is, is, a, really good, is a really good thought. So I agree. Thank you for that one. Also, maybe if you just stare at their feet for long enough, they'll get the point mm. and they'll leave themselves. Like, they'll be like, why is this person such a foot starer? This is yeah. making me very uncomfortable. So they, they invaded your hot tub and made you uncomfortable. So you got to get them back and be like, mm, foot, mm, yeah, feet, toes, toenails. Yeah, I think if you also mumble those words, <laughs> mm, yeah, feet, mm, toes, mm, toenails, <laughs> this also works if you repeat it. <laughs> Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that definitely works. That definitely works. Perfect. Yes. Okay. Now we got got another question. We're flying Woo. through them, Flula. We are good at oh. this. Oh, I love it. Uh, got another question from Maggie who asks, Dear Hank and Flula, help! 
I've scheduled for a colonoscopy in a few weeks, and I'm incredibly nervous about it. I've never gone through a medical procedure of this magnitude, and I'm not looking forward to having my body both drugged and medically invaded. Uh, this isn't even to mention the preparation that goes the day before. Do you have any dubious advice on how I can be less freaked out about the whole situation? Oh boy, Maggie, this sounds very exciting. Uh, I would say to Maggie, if she's having a favorite song and a favorite snack and also a favorite pair of socks, mm -hmm. to wear the socks, eat the snack, listen to the song, and and repeat like the shampoos. Well, I my I do uh, have one problem with this is that because I've you've never had a colonoscopy, obviously, but you can't eat you can't eat anything. Uh, oh, the day before, oh. though you can have like lime jello or something. So if oh. lime jello happens to be one of your favorite snacks, then it is. Go, go at it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thanks, Hank, yeah. Maggie. I hope you like lime jello. <laughs> just, just shove it into your mouth. Just eat many liters. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. I I have had several colonoscopies. And what? Yes. And I. But you only have one colon. Yes, but different times. Not at the same oh. time. <laughs> ah, okay, got it. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and I will say that it's not so bad. You're right, the prep the day before is the worst part. Make sure that you uh, refrigerate that stuff before you drink it, because drinking it warm is the end of, the end of days. Uh, but um, I, one of my favorite things in the world, my favorite sensations in the whole world, is the drug that they give you right before you get a colonoscopy. I would definitely be addicted to that drug if I uh, if I could be. Um, and it's it makes you feel very good uh, in the three seconds before you are unconscious. But it's almost worth the entire experience for me. Uh, and I I know that I am I'm basically talking up illegal drugs right now. But uh, it's it's almost worth the entire experience to get for for those three seconds of of. Uh, of what must be just like what what people feel when they are the happiest they've ever been. Oh. Uh, so don't don't try and get that stuff in a non-medical situation cuz it would definitely be something that wouldn't would not uh and then there's the whole afterwards which is very fun. Ooh. But um well it's a very normal procedure that lots of people have done to them and it's uh it's you know, my first my first colonoscopy, I was freaked out and I didn't like it. And then now it's just sort of like a thing that happens, uh, and I don't mind at all. Uh, it's kind of like it's kind of like a couple of days out of my schedule that I can't like do stuff, but um, so totally worth it for uh, you know for telling your doctor what your doctor needs to know about your body. So what you're saying, Hank, is to enjoy these drugs, you should treat your body in a way that requires a colonoscopy. <laughs> That's legal. This is legal. Listen, yeah. I need uh -huh. this colonoscopy. Now give me these delicious drugs. That's what you're saying. Uh, yeah. No. Okay. Don't oh, do okay. that. Don't. Okay. I said almost. Not okay. total, Not entirely worth it. Almost oh. worth it. Got it. So close to so close to worth it, but not quite right. to it. Got it. Okay. Good. Got it. Great. Thanks. This is exciting. Yeah, thank you. I'm so excited for my first colon, uh, for my first scoping. Yeah. Now. Uh, and yeah, they they put a camera up your butt. Have you ever have you have you ever? Uh, oh. Had. Why do they? What? So, why do they do this? So that they can look around inside of your colon and see if there's anything wrong. What does this have to do with a colonoscopy? That's what it is. They what? They put a camera in your anus. Yeah, it's like on a snake. 
It's like a like a like a like a camera tube they that put, they feed up there. They put a snake up your anus with a camera. Yes, basically. I'm, it's 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 like a little snake, like pretty thin. Okay. I'm, it can it can bend itself and look around, and it even has a little tool on it to like remove things if they need to take a biopsy or remove a polyp. Oh, great! It's got like a little it's got a little laser beam on it to cauterize. Uh, where they've removed a thing. So okay, yeah. Well, so I, it's a laser camera snake. Perfect. I am Maggie. Very excited for you. Enjoy the drugs. Uh, I would say this would be a very fun time. Just everything that Hank said for the last sixty seconds. Don't listen to that. <laughs> is my advice to you, Maggie. Okay. <laughs> it will be great. <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm now sealing my anus uh, as we speak, so this will never happen to me. So I am safe. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. I think that if you, I think if you seal your anus up, you're going to need a colonoscopy pretty quick. Ooh, so okay. This is very. This is okay. keep it open. Counter keep it open there. Okay, okay. The hole. I'm widening my hole now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's another question. It's from Zach, who asks. Dear Hank and John, I'm considering using 23andMe to get my personal genetic information. I'm very curious to learn about my ancestry. However, I'm worried that my genetic code will reveal that I have a gene associated with a disease. I don't want the results to depress me, but at the same time, I realize that my fear of a negative result is irrational since learning about it won't change it. In fact, learning about a genetic risk might help me take steps to avoid it. Have you ever considered getting a personal genetic information test? And do you have any dubious advice for me? That's from Zach. Wow. Do you have you ever have you ever thought about having your genome genome? I think that my genome I, I I have not, but I imagine I should I would maybe like to know, but I don't care so much. I think if like I was feeling funky junky and like why do I feel so funky junky? Maybe it's in my genome, then I would do it. But I'm feeling pretty good, so I don't care. But if you just said, hey, hey, Flula, guess what? Here's your genome infos. I would be kind of excited. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What, yeah, what about it, you? It'll tell you about your ancestry. Like, that's mostly what, what 23andMe is about, is like telling you sort of where you're from. And oftentimes it's like if you're in America, it's like you are some part German. But it'd hey. be weird if you were German and they're like, you are not all German. Oh, that would be strange. Yeah, yeah. That's Which like I'm when sure they- you aren't. I'm well. No one is right. I mean, it's like when the it's like a hot dog, right? How much of the hot dog it is is beef? I think it's like three <laughs> percent is beef, and the ninety-seven percent is like happiness or something. <laughs> I have not. Do sure. you do you know do you know anything dog. about your ancestry? I know it is German with lots of Germans and a sprinkling of German, but I imagine also there must be some tiny doses of French or Viking or, you know, who knows, some something interesting, Antarctic, Antarctic kins, something uh-huh. like that. What mm-hmm. about you, Hank? Who, who are you? I don't know. That's that's one reason why I would be interested because like uh, my family, you know, it, it branches off so quickly and then like you, you completely lose track. Uh, and I, yeah, I mean, all of the people... All of my grandparents, you know, their their grandparents. I don't know if all of their grandparents, but all of my grandparents' parents were were American. So I don't have any like recent immigrants in my family. Uh, but I'm from. A lot of me is from the south of America, which means uh, not South America, but the south of the U.S., where uh, there's a lot of like Irish. There's a lot of. Um, other. It's a lot of. I'm very European, is my guess. But I would I've, love to know more. 
I've seen your face and and you know your your legs and torso. I would imagine you are European. When, well. how, when did you where did you see my torso? In a dream, it's a dream. Oh. I was in a forest, and then the bear is there, and then you are you are holding a large uh, lead. You are holding a large uh, bucket of white chocolate. Oh, okay, <laughs> this dream is this dream is going directions. I didn't I, you didn't mention that the first time. It's a detail I did not want to share with you, but because we are speaking about twenty three and me, I was thinking twenty three and why not? I will tell Hank. Uh, well, thank you. I, I. I'm, You're welcome. You know, I think honesty is the best policy. Really, though? Like, for sure? Mm, I mean, m- maybe not when it's about a weird bear dream and I'm, I'm, you know, my torso is out and I've got a bucket of white chocolate. But, like, usually, yeah. I'm regretting this honesty. Yeah, well, you know, I'm not going to let it get weird between us. Thanks, Hank. Yeah. Hey, shall I re- read a question? Sure. Okay. Hey, uh... Oh. oh, we didn't even answer Zach's question. Uh, I'll add to Zach. Uh, it's one twenty-three and Me isn't going to tell you a lot about uh, a, a genetic diseases unless they are very su- significant, and those are things that you should know about for sure because you can indeed uh, be proactive about the diseases that you are genetically either predisposed to or are definitely going to get. And so, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. And um, yes... Nice. Don't worry. Yeah. You'll and and it will what think about what how great it'll be to know that you don't have those diseases, which is the most likely outcome. Yes, nice work, Hank. Playing the odds. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> uh shall I read a question? I'm so excited. Yes, please. Dear do. Hank and Flula, I am cheap and don't enjoy sugar beverages. This is Ben who is typing. So when I go eat at a food establishment, I rarely order a soft drink. Good for or you, Ben. A hard drink. Yeah, good work, Ben. <laughs> When I go to a fast food restaurant, I ask for a cup of water, and when possible, I fill the small cups they give me with <gasps> carbonated water from the drinking fountain mm. using the little tabby thing. What, what, what? Oh, tisk tisk, Benjamin. Am I stealing, or is it acceptable to drink this sparkle water, since no one in their right mind would pay for soda and get sparkling soda water, at least not in America? What do you think, guys? Love always. Ben, shout out. <laughs> Um, so I, I do this too. And yeah. uh, I, I think that it is a subject of much contention. I, I, I pay for soda water, which I dislike doing. And it almost to me seems like I'm doing something st- like stupid, not wrong, but dumb because clearly the soda, like soda water costs a little bit more than water because they have to carbonate it. So they have to like re- replace the carbonation cylinders. But I can't imagine mm. that it costs more than like five cents. Uh, so like paying for a soda and then getting soda water is not a good deal for me. Uh, okay. However, when I buy soda water at the store, like if I get a LaCroix, then then like I'm paying roughly similar amounts as if I were buying like a 12 pack of Cokes. So it, it it's I I think that it is probably a subject of much debate. And I would be interested to hear uh, if like fast food employees are trained in a specific circumstance, like no, they are not allowed to get soda water if they just order water. 
And I don't know. Like, if it was like, there are some places where there's like Seagram's Club Soda, and then you're getting that. And for some reason, that seems better. Like, it's better to pay for that. Even though it's just bubbly water, I'm pretty sure they're not putting anything in that Seagram's Club Soda. It's just, it's just the stuff. It's just the things. Uh, yeah. But it's got a brand on it, so it feels more like it's okay to pay for it and not just like a tabby thing, which feels like the water. And yes. also, like, you got to say that the water costs the money too, not just. Uh, not just the water, like, but like the, you know, you're getting, if you're getting ice in the water, then like the ice yeah. costs them electricity and yeah. cooling the water down costs money. So I don't know. Like it's, it, it is a weird, it is a weird gray area in the world of soft drinks. I, I like your points of ice. It costs money to make ice, but they do not charge you for the ice when you ask for ice water. So, oh, ice, mm-hmm. that's re- my, here's my simple answer to Ben. If it is the little tabby, then it is free. If it is a, mm-hmm. a big tabby, then you must pay the dollars. But if it's a tiny tabby, it means who cares? That's the that is the message I think they are sending to to the humans purchasing liquids. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I w- I want to know what the official McDonald's policy is on this. Oh yeah, me as well. What does what does Ray Kroc think? I would like to know. Who's Ray Kroc? The he's the founder of McDonald's. <laughs> you know the name of the founder of McDonald's? Yeah. You don't know this? I did not know that. Yeah. Where, where did where did you is that is that something that's taught in German schools? No, I just read things, and so like when you walk into sometimes a McDonald's, it's like a you know like a plaque. It's like shout out man who made special sauce and also invented our restaurant, Ray Kroc. No. No man, no yeah, look at that. I'm looking at a picture of him right now. Yeah, yeah, he's a man, and he made McDonald's. Sorry. Yeah. To- yeah. He also he also founded Hamburger University, oh, boy. which I want which I want to know about. Is that in I Hamburg? I don't know. I will check. Let me check. Typey typey. No, no, it, is, it not. is not. It is in Oak Brook. Very Illinois. different. Very different. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's very exciting. Nice work, Red Rock, with your hamburger. You yes, indeed. You can learn all about how to work at McDonald's there. Uh, yeah, I I, I like I had never considered how like uh i feel like important this question is it's just people people don't talk about it and i think that club soda is totally uh, soda water totally the direction we should all be going in because i like it yeah and it's fun yeah and it's got it's not just water no nope. uh, but it's doesn't have all the weirdness in it yeah so i yeah you know it, but you if you remember Shakespeare, bubbles, bubbles, toil and troubles. It's true. So it's true. Just you don't want to get kicked out of McDonald's. Yeah, there's troubles because of the bubbles. Shakespeare, he was very, he knew it. He saw it. Um, now I feel bad for going to McDonald's and uh, and paying for my soda water. Uh, don't know. You're helping. You're helping, Hank. I'm helping who? McDonald's? Your levels of guilt. If you had these all these times, if you had not paid, you would have tiny guilty feelings inside your brain. And now you don't have those. Now you just feel like a silly goose. And that's okay. (laughs) Right? Yeah. No. Yep. I mean, there's there. It's I don't know which of those feelings is worse. Oh, no. Stealing from McDonald's is never going to make me feel that bad. True. Yeah, I agree. Ray Kroc doesn't care. No, definitely no. not. Definitely no. not. That's what I said. Uh, I got a question for you, Flula. Woo! 
It's, uh, we're going to do, we probably just do one more question. It's from Rachel, who asks, Dear Hank and John, I just found out my cousin who lives fairly far away in a different country just named her newborn girl the same name me and my husband had picked out for our baby due in January. Can I still use the name? Yes, at a silent age, someplace after a vowel. <laughs> yeah, uh, there. Every name has an alternate spelling now. Don't worry. Yes, you could you could spell it every way, and as long as you ha- like put down. Oh, it's pronounced like Jenny, but it's spelled D H A N O O I. But yeah, it's, tra- it's but it's pronounced Jenny. Jenny. Yeah, that's you just spelled Jenny, right? Yes, I yeah, did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I so, could see it. Uh, yeah. Uh, I want to know what the name is. If it's weird enough, I feel like maybe not. But, you know, this is a cousin, and this is a faraway country. I think it's fine. Oh, oh, no, wait. Wait, wait. I've discovered an intricacy to this question that I did not say out loud. I have... I, my cousin lives fairly far away in a different country, just named her newborn girl... The same name me and my husband had picked out for our baby boy due in January. I also think that's still fine, just to be clear. But I had not, I had not uh, accurately portrayed the, the, the situation. I am so excited to hear this name. Like, what is the name that they would like for a lady, but also for a boy? I am excited. Oh, but there's no, lots I of know. Those that's why I'm curious. I would like it to be one that is not good for both. Flula, did you know? Yeah. Uh, this is this is a weird bit of trivia. Uh, Jessie's girl, you know the song Jessie's yeah, girl. Yeah, that she wishes that she was that girl, and how can I find a woman like that? No, he wishes that he had. Oh, that he, girl. yeah. Jessie is sad because his girl. Yeah, I know it. Yeah, he's and he's sick. Yeah. And, but where's Jessie? And I, where did you go, Jessie? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Jessie's girl was named Jessie. Well, so it's so, Jessie and Jessie. Yeah. Because Jesse is both a boy and a girl name. And it, uh, it's a little known fact that oh. uh, Jesse was dating a girl named Jesse. And that's Rick Ocasek really wanted Jesse, but not the Jesse who's Je- who was the one with the girl. But he should girl named Jesse. He should very much change the title of the song or something. You know, like this is confusing. Which Jesse right, I think is that's it? why he just left it out because it because uh, like yeah, you know, like I'm writing this song, but I, I don't want to like talk about Jesse and Jesse, so I'll just uh, leave out Jesse. Who is right. Jesse's girl? I wish that I had Jesse's girl, who is also named Jesse. Jesse's girl. Her <laughs> name is also Jesse. That's how it originally went. That was the original version of that song. Uh, yeah. And and the the rest of the cars were like, no, Rick, this is this is ludicrous. Yeah, stop it, stop this immediately, Rick. Okay, I like this. Thank you, Hank. I feel like I have learned a thing now. All right. Well, this uh, this podcast we're going to do now, Flula, a thing where we talk about who brought this podcast to the people. Oh. So this podcast is brought to you by Jesse's girl, Jesse. Jesse, who is Jesse's girl, uh, really actually likes Jesse. And so Rick should probably just mind his own business. I agree. Step away, Rick, from all the Jesse's. Yes. Does Jesse? It's confusing. Yeah. Yeah, just I was gonna away. I was gonna go deeper, but then I I don't know what to say because it's just too many Jessies. So many Jessies. It's a it's a chorus of Jessies. Yes. Okay. Who do you who else brought the podcast to us? Oh, this was also brought to us by Crunchy Peanut Butter, something to put in your mouth and chew up and down, and then swallow and enjoy as it goes down to your colon and helps the snake with the laser. <laughs> 
this podcast is also brought to you by a giant bucket of melted white chocolate with a ladle in it. Oh, oh that's very delicious. Uh, I like that. In the forest with <gasps> a bear. Mmm, that's a very exciting thing. And also, this podcast, it's brought to you by the hopes and dreams of a tiny chipmunk. <laughs> Uh, what do, do, does the hopes and dream of a tiny chipmunk have a have a tagline that they've asked us to include in the podcast? Oh yeah, the the tagline of the hopes and tr- of the chipmunk was don't uh, don't uh, don't go chasing waterfalls and also um, don't carbonate your water. This episode of Dear Hang is brought to you by Thrive Market. Thrive Market is there to help you maintain the kinds of habits that you want to have. For me, I need to have the right kind of food in the house or I will eat whatever. Oreo recently sent me some free fancy Oreos. They were weird. I ate all of them. I ate all of them in a week and it was a problem. I can't do that. I need to have healthy, good stuff in the house and Thrive Market can help you have healthy habits. It's a great go-to for all your grocery and household essentials and the convenience of getting everything online and then like just quickly shipped to the doorstep. It's a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with great ingredients and sourcing methods. They got Amy's, Banza, Burt's Bees, Chobani, Honest Kids, Kind, Mike's Hot Honey, Oatly, Olipop, Poppy, Salt. I've never heard of salt, but it's got two A's in it, so it has to be good. And as a Thrive Market member, you can save money on every single grocery order. On average, you can save over 30% every time. And they also have a deals page that changes every day. When you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order, plus a $60 free gift. I enjoyed my $60 free gift. I was surprised by it, and it was the kind of thing I wouldn't have bought. And then now I'm like on the ghee train. They gave me free ghee. And I was like, I don't know what ghee is. But then I was like, oh, this is great. It's like butter, but it's different and more spreadable. <laughs> Go to thrivemarket.com slash dearhank for 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash dearhank, thrivemarket.com slash dearhank. All right. Hmm. Uh, it's good to know what... what uh, what mm. tiny chipmunks are really thinking about? Um, so let's let's go ahead and do the Mars from New from oh. the Mars from News the news from Mars and oh, please Lumberton. please Mars yeah. from News. All right, do you want to know some Mars news? Please share me all the Martian times. Well, uh, the Mars Curiosity rover just celebrated its fourth birthday on the surface of Mars. It uh, the the team is now able to do in uh, a, a week what used to take them a month because they have just gotten super good at running the running the system and, and refined a lot of the, the protocols. And Curiosity, four years later, continues to do a bunch of amazing things on Mars. Uh, and all of its equipment is still functioning, which is fantastic. Nothing has totally broken yet. Some of the wheels are, sh- are a little bit worse for wear, but they've done a bunch of, uh, they've done a bunch of tests on a, a sort of sister rover here on Earth to make sure that they... Uh, use the wheels in ways that will uh, keep them alive through the end of the Curiosity rover's mission. And also, uh, every year on its birthday, uh, the, 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 the day at which it has been on uh, Mars for another year, Curiosity rover will sing to itself the happy birthday song. And I think that's just adorable. 
that it sings the little happy birthday song out loud on the surface of Mars to itself with no one around. That is not sad in any way. <laughs> that is very great and positive. I'm not depressed to hear about this. Uh, uh, DJ actually asked us uh, a question uh, if, if that happens in Earth years or Mars years, and it does indeed happen in Earth years. Uh, but, but DJ doesn't think that that makes any sense because uh, it seems very odd, he says, to celebrate one's birthday on someone else's terms. Because the Mars Curiosity rover is more Martian than, than, than Earth because it's lived on Mars longer than it lived on Earth. So, uh, yeah, it's, an, it's a Mars native. Maybe it should be going by Mars years now. But it was born, you cannot forget your hometown. You were, it was born in, on Earth. It was not like they, two, two robots did not intercourse in the space and then, and then poop out the, the curiosity. <laughs> Too bad. Uh, but seriously. yeah, but like, at what point do you become a native of a new land? Do you become, like, do you become a citizen of that place? I think that's an interesting and, uh, and complicated question from DJ. And uh, we're probably not going to tackle it here on this podcast. Do you have any news from AFC Wimbledon for us? It is so funny that you have asked about AFC Wimbledon, a third-tier English soccer team. But uh, yes, I know all about the news of these guys. Are you ready? Yeah. Oh boy, such great news. AFC Wimbledon has officially played the first game in League One, and it did not go super well, but it did go very dramatically, which is nice, because Lyle Taylor and Chris Welpdale, they both scored, and at one point the Dons were winning 2-1. to one. But oh boy, so sad, Petersboro tied the game and then in the 93rd minute brought it to 3-2 to two, and Wimbledon, they just lost the game. They lost it. They lost it, Hank. It was an even game, though, because it showed potential promise for the club's future. In their new league, I am so proud of all the A's, F's, and C's of Wimbledon. Nice work. <laughs> Good job. Thank you. That, that's, that, you. You are so well-informed on AFC Wimbledon, Flula. I am an Encyclopedia Wimbledonica. <laughs> this, is, this is lovely. Thank you so much. Uh, and what... What a spectacular thing, I guess. Uh, that's too bad. In the 93rd minute, that's like after the game oh. should have ended. Oh, right. It's if someone has injured and they are making spray paint on the ankle and then boom. Oh, it's very oh. sad. I'm sorry. Sorry, yeah. AFC Wimbledon. But good good first try. So AFC Wimbledon is now uh, down at the bottom of the League One table. But there's only been one game played, so it's not a big deal. No. Uh, great. Well, this was lovely, Flula. What did we learn today on the podcast? I learned so many things. I learned what occurs when the snake goes up with the with the camera up your hole, and uh, that's exciting. Um, I learned about bubbles and waters, and 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 also the software operating system of of satellites in space. What did you learn today? Uh, I learned. Let's see. I learned that uh, that the holes in Cheez Its are for making necklaces with. Ah, uh, yes. Or necklace, 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 eye. Necklace and, eye. Uh, and then you have a weird, weird feeling about chocolate and hot and white chocolate and bears in the forest. Yeah. And yeah. I learned that if there is a person coming up to your hot tub, that the most important thing that you need to do is look at their toes. Yeah, immediately look at those toes. Check out those toes, you guys. Because not, not only do you have the benefit of potentially seeing that a thing that you don't want to be in the same pool of boiling water with but also maybe if you look hard enough they will feel maybe like they should not be hanging out in the hot tub 
Haha, secret strategy. Write this one down. Toenails. I love it. Wow, Hank, I feel so much more intelligent. Yes! I think that we made the whole world more intelligent, Flula. Great work, Earth. Thanks for listening. And thank all of you who are listening for listening. This podcast is edited by Nicholas Jenkins. Our intern is Claudia Morales. Uh, Rosiana House Rojas helps out with the questions. Our theme music is from Gun- Gunnarola. If you want to send us questions uh, for dear Hank and John, for Hank and John to answer, you can send them to hankandjohn at gmail.com. And, um, and as they say in our hometown, Flula, do you know what they say in our hometown? They say Zoo Time is here. No, that uh, sometimes. Oh. The, okay. That's don't forget to be awesome is what they say. Don't DF Tebel Babels. Mm-hmm.